there and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores with myself, Stephen Spam. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded Lejande, the one and only, the daddy It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 333, 333 as we power through the 300s now. I just want to say thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week, we've got the last week's roundup, uh, draw against Barnsley, which we're going to go through as well. We've got a special guest waiting for us on the phone to speak to us now about the season so far. So without further ado, let's crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our podcast sponsor. Yeah, so the podcast is proudly sponsored by Cal Langley Florists. They're based in Chickford and have been serving the borough of Waltham Forest for more than the last 70 years, which is fantastic. And their team of florists are here for all your needs, whether that's a wedding, a funeral, bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah, anniversary, anything you need them for, they can do the job for you and they offer all O's fans and staff 15% off, which could be a huge saving on any flowering costs that you have. So you can get in touch with the team. You can do that by giving them a phone call on 0208 529 4130 or you can go on their website. They can be found online at www.carolangley.co.uk or they're on social media. You can find them on Instagram at carolanglyflorists, on Twitter at carolanglye4 or you can find the guys on Facebook Carol Langley Florist. You can indeed. So, without further ado, we are joined very, very um, uh, delighted by uh, by this. We've got um, Leighton Orient Assistant Manager Paul Terry joining us now. Paul, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on. It's been a while since we've had you on. So let's let's get your thoughts. Let's start with yesterday. What were your thoughts on the uh, on the Barnsley game yesterday? Yeah, first of all, good evening, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, like you say, it has been a while, so it's uh, it's nice to come back on and talk to you. Um, no, I think the Barnsley game was a good was a good game. I thought both teams were good. Uh, I thought we was very good in in moments. Uh, was unlucky not to win the game as well, but it shows how far we've come. You know that we're a little bit disappointed with getting a draw against Barnsley. And what about the season so far, Paul? Obviously, 13 games in now, so just under a third of the season played. What are your thoughts on the season so far? I think it's been a good start for us. Um, you know, like, listen, we didn't get the results at the start of the season, but there was never no panic. We, we knew we had injuries, and that's not making excuses. But I thought the performances were good. Um, we just wasn't getting the results, but we knew things would turn. We knew when we got players back and players up to speed that we could compete at this level. And I think since we've done that, um, I think we've shown that we're very capable now. Was there any change in anything you were doing with the players? So obviously, we knew we had a really first difficult four games and we got kind of got one point from the first four. Anything different or any learns since then that you've taken on and have affected the team? No, there wasn't nothing different we was doing. We just had a few injuries. And again, I'm, I'm not making excuses. We had a few injuries. We was getting people up to speed. To, you know, we had Joe Piggott come in late. Um, Brandon Cooper ended up coming in as well, you know. But we had to get them up to speed. Jordan Graham up to speed with match fitness, you know, because they missed a lot of pre-season. So it was just a case of that. Obviously, a change of formation, which has occurred since the start of the season as well. But like I say, um, we've been we just work hard. The lads get put everything in. They work really hard Monday to Friday, um, and to be ready for a Saturday game. What What's been the biggest change that you've seen from playing League Two versus versus League One? Is it Is it the tempo? Is Is there anything tactically that's that people are more astute in this league? Because League League Two now is looking like a really tough league. Um, so just wondering, yeah, yeah what your oh, thoughts are? No, I don't think I don't think there's like much 
of a difference, you know. I think it's just um, teams are more clinical in both boxes, you know. Um, you make a mistake and you get you get punished more at this level. Um, where last year, I feel like, you know, a lot of a lot of time we wasn't making a lot of mistakes, and when we did, we would we would get ourselves out of trouble. But the quality of player at this level is a lot better. And if you make a mistake, they they do punish you, you know, with either a goal or at least a shot on target where they're putting you under pressure. But it's like I say, I think the level is it is it's definitely a step up. But I think we've got the players that can definitely compete at this level and are, are capable of playing at this level. We didn't have much of a turnover uh, in the summer, thankfully. We were able to retain all but sort of three key players that we had or, or three or four key players that we wanted. Uh, I'm not going to ask you who you'd like to have retained because I think there's some, some <laughs> obvious uh, obvious answers there. But in terms of who we brought in, were you surprised by the quality and calibre of player that we've been able to attract in, in the likes of Sol Brin and Ethan Gabraith and Brandon Coopers that you mentioned earlier? No, I don't, I, not at all. Listen, we identify as staff and along with Martin Lingas as well. You know what I mean? We go and identify these... The, the players that we think can come and fit not just our style of play but fit into our group you know it's, it's very important that you bring the right character into the, to the dressing room um, so there's a lot of work and due diligence that goes into that you know it ain't just oh we see a player we think he's alright we sign you know there's a lot of work that goes in from everyone behind the scenes so we, we, we identify the best players that are out there you know can we get all of them no we can't not all the time but you know I think once these players sit and talk to the gaffer about how we're going to play and what he wants from them and where he sees them going and what we can do for them. They, they buy into it straight away, you know, and they end up, they want to come to us, you know. It's like, as much as we want them, they also want to come and play for for Leighton Orient. You mentioned Richie Wellens um, talking to players. It's obviously what a great job he's doing. Obviously, at the moment, he's got a big squad. He's got lots of players you'd imagine really want first-team football who maybe aren't even making the bench. How is he communicating with those players? Because he seems to be a great communicator, but but how is Rishi managing the squad depth now? Because he's got such a good squad under him. How is he managing that? And how are you helping him manage that? Well, we, we, we just have to manage it as staff, you know. We have to be open and honest with the players. And if you've got the shirt, you've got to keep hold of it. And if you haven't got it, you've got to keep working hard and wait for your opportunity. And when you get it, prove to us that you deserve to keep the shirt and if you deserve to keep it you'll stay in the team you know but if, if you're off it a little bit and you're not on on your game there's a lot of players below you that want to come and take the shirt so it's a little bit of both if you've got the shirt now you've got to keep hold of it and you've got to up your levels and you've got to keep your standards and the ones below are trying to get in they've also got to do the same thing so we're asking the same of all of them you know but there's some that want the shirt and some that have got it and there's a, there's a good rivalry competition for, for starting places, but it's also a really good group and they help each other along the way as well. And you've got quite a few characters in the, in the changing room as well, so I'm assuming the changing room kind or the dressing room, it kind of almost runs itself that you don't get the kind of negativity that, that where someone feels they're not being given a, a chance. It kind of self-polices. Would I be fair in thinking that? Yeah, definitely. Listen, we've got some really good experienced pros, Bex, Pats, you know, Jordan Graham, you know, uh, Theo Archibald as well. You know, they don't let the standards drop, whether that's on the pitch, off the pitch. You know, they're, they're driving each other every single day. And 
they know that they can't afford to let. So if there is a little slight blip or anything like that in the chain or from one of the players, they're on it straight away. And it makes our job a lot easier, you know. But they know as well that we won't let that happen. So maybe that's they, they step in before we have to as well, which, like you say, is, is, a, is a great um, characteristic to have in your dressing room. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we were lucky to go into the dressing room before the Shrewsbury game and we had the pleasure of meeting like Ed Turns, Max Sanders and Jaden Swinney, who at, at that point weren't on the bench and they weren't kind of downbeat. They were still very positive and they were kind of really getting behind the team. So kind of echoes what you said there. Paul, let me ask you a question about, I guess, this season's expectations. I think quite a lot of O's fans have got different expectations of the season. Some think we might be able to go for the playoffs. Some would be happy mid-table. Some would be happy just to finish above the relegation zone. What are your aims and expectations for this season? Well, I, I don't think we can put a ceiling on what we can do. You know what I mean? I think we just have to keep developing as a team, keep improving, keep wanting to be better. You know, I think if you put a, a marker on something, you know, and you, you seem like you're reaching that, then where do you go? You know what I mean? You keep moving it. So for us, it's just about go and be competitive in every game. Can we can we get better? Can we be better? Uh, which I think we're proving we can be, you know, and let's see where this can take us, you know, but we, we won't get too high with the wins. We won't get too low with the losses, you know. We trust in what the gaffer's doing, you know, and the players trust in him. And we need everyone just to stay behind us with, with everything we do. There's going to be highs and lows throughout the season. We know that. We had that last season, you know, when we won the league, there was still highs and lows, but it's about trusting the process and and just seeing where it can take us. It starts the league starts taking a little bit of shape, I think, between now and twenty games as well. So you get a rough idea of where you potentially could be or anything. But we're not setting any real ceiling on where where we can be. You know, what I mean, if we if we're in League One next year, that's going to be fantastic. But also, there's a chance that we could be near the top end of the league as well. So why? put a marker on that you know let's just go and be the best we can be and see where it takes us very interesting one of the sort of lows um, of the season was obviously in, in the Lincoln game where sadly we lost um, Derek Reynolds so we we send our condolences to his his family and, and unfortunately the EFL as expected have or as expected in my head anyway they're, they're making us replay the whole game in full what are your thoughts on that yeah, I mean, first and foremost, like you just said, I echo that, you know, our thoughts and everything go out to Derek's family um, for what happened that night. It, was, it wasn't it was nice to go through for anyone, you know what I mean? And with the game only having 10 minutes left, you know, I think there should be some integrity in, in the game, I think, you know, um, not only for... Derek's family, but for the for the players as well, you know, the staff, everyone that was there, you know, it's not something that you want to really go through again. And just playing that game is going to bring up, you know, terrible thoughts and feelings of what happened before, you know. But we 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 didn't want to play the game again. We thought there's ten minutes to go, you know, with what had happened. And and listen, that takes precedence over everything. You know, the results irrelevant after what happened, but. Lincoln wanted the game to be played. So they put their points to the EFL, we put ours, and they say we've got to play the whole game again, you know. So there's no right answer here, you know, really, because at the end of the day, someone lost their life and that, that overshadows everything and takes precedence on everything, you know, puts life into perspective. Yeah, it really does. It certainly does. So 
In Richie's post-match, he mentioned we had a few injuries, um, Paul, in terms of Omar, uh, Darren Prattley, Max, Ed Turns, Tom James. Can you give us an injury update and maybe share a bit of an update, I guess, on Adam Thompson and Dan Adji as well? Yeah, I mean, um, Tom James went ill on Friday morning. So they didn't, they didn't train Friday. Um, they should be back in the reckoning for, for Tuesday's game. Like, well, they was on the bench, but they, they, I think they'll be in the faults to be able to, like, if we needed them, they could start. Darren Prattley and Omar Beckles are very close as well. I don't know if Tuesday's going to be too soon for both of them, but definitely by the weekend, I think we could both see them back involved. Um, so that's a big positive, you know, two big experienced characters and players for the team. Um, Max Sanders, he's coming along nicely. We're hoping he's not going to be too much longer before maybe three to four weeks. So I think we're two weeks into that now. So we just see how he keeps going and how he keeps progressing. He's a young lad, he's fit. So you hope that that, you know, speeds up um, his recovery. Um, with Dan Adji and Adam Thompson, they're, they're a little bit longer. You know, they're both getting there but it's going to be it's a longer process and I think we're looking at maybe the end of the year before we see any of them return to to first team action Thanks Paul Um, we went out to social media and we also went out to one of the forums to ask for for, you know fan questions to come in and for the first time I think since we've been doing this in in sort of tent, this is our tenth season doing this. We didn't really get that many questions, which is a positive in a sense that everyone must be quite chilled and quite happy with how things are going. We we did have a few questions come in, so so don't worry, yeah. you're, not, you're not quite off the hook just yet. Um, yeah, Euroboy was one of them on social media who tweeted us and said, "I see we've received no yellow cards yesterday. Have you made a concerted effort to address discipline on the field and off the field?" in the dressing room because it's been a bit of a problem hasn't it for us with yellow cards being sort of dished out yeah yeah I mean listen it's definitely something we have addressed you know and first and foremost as staff we had to look at ourselves whether the the, the yellow cards and red cards that we received as staff were right or wrong it's it's something we've got we've got to be better at you know we're setting standards for the lads and we can't then be doing and be seen getting yellow and red cards on the touchline. You know, we've got to control our emotions. So first and foremost, we looked at ourselves and we had a staff meeting and it was like, right, we've got to now calm ourselves down on the touchline, you know, um, and make sure that we're not receiving these yellow cards. And we made it clear to the players as well that we won't be accepting the, the, the disciplined ones where they're, you know, if they're mouthy to the ref or they're getting booked for dissent, things like that, then that's that's not acceptable. You know, players are going to make challenges and and things and you're going to get yellow cards. You can't stop that. But these are the dissent ones that we, you know, and, that, and I said that started with staff. So we looked at ourselves first, but then addressed the players as well. To, to We've got to keep on top of it, you know, and but it starts with us on the sideline. We've seen a few leaked um, kind of fines lists from Premier League clubs that somehow make their way onto social media. The one for Leighton Orient hasn't yet, but just in case it, it doesn't exist, let me ask the question, is there a fines list at Leighton Orient for the players? <laughs> there, there is a fines list. The, the players have got their own fines, um, which they go, and as staff as well, we've got... We've got our fines that we find the players, you know, so just little things. If they're late for meetings and things like that, then we will find them, you know. And like I said, if it's if it's a dissent and things like that for bookings, 
then there'll be a further fine on top, you know, but that goes to the staff as well. I'm not going to go into what the figures are, but um, the gaffer has made it clear definitely with the staff that if we get booked for dissent or shouting and things like that now at the referee or or the, the assistants, then there will be a financial fine for us as well. I must confess, I did feel quite sorry for you and Richie. I think it was Wickham away where I think you were you were trying to talk to him and you got a booking or maybe even sent off and you were like looking in disbelief and then Richie was trying to talk to him and he got, I think, maybe a booking yeah. and sending off and you were both just like, what's like, going on? Like Walkham and Wise, mate, watching, <laughs> watching like... <laughs> it was just a surreal moment, if I'm honest. Like, I, asked, I only asked, a, I personally, I asked a question to the referee, which was in a calm manner. Um, just about how much time we played at the end. Um, and the gaffer didn't say a word. He just walked over and basically got told, you can't approach me, which he hadn't, and you can't speak to me, which he hadn't. Put his arms behind his back and got a second yellow card. So, you know, it's it, it's silly things, really, but at the same time, like I say, we've got to set the standards. And although there's nothing we could have really done about them too, um you know, the gaffer tried to appeal his and, and didn't get off of it. I decided not to just because, you know, if we both got found that we weren't going to get off of them, it would have been two games each that we missed from the touchline. Yeah, spot on. We had a few questions from uh, one of our listeners called Ben Ben 1980 One jokey, uh, too serious. It says, with Jordan Brown smashing every position being asked to him, is Jordan our emergency goalkeeper? Um, I must say, Jordan Brown this season has been been immense what a player he's been first class Jordan great attitude good lad wants to learn wants to get better Uh, as you say he has played in a few positions but the position he's playing at the minute is that's his position that's where he really wants to play Um, and I think he's gone and grabbed the ball by the horns as such and, and really took that position there and made it his own so like I said at the start, you know, people that have got the shirt have got to keep it. And I think Jordan's, uh, along with a lot of others, uh, are making a big, big claim for uh, keep starting every week. We also went on to but no, and the answer to the first one, he won't be going in goal, though. I don't, I don't think he's that brave <laughs> when a ball smashed at him from two yards. He's not going to do an Olivier Giroud on us, then? No, I don't think so. No. I think there'll be a few others that would... I don't know who, but I think <laughs> we've got a few more crazy ones in the team that would go in in front of him. He also went on to say, in your opinion, is there any players exceeding expectations so far this season? I think we've all got our favourites so far, but in your kind of opinion, any anyone exceeding your expectations? No, I mean, I go back to early, you know, we know what these players are capable of. We know the levels they can reach, so it's not the fact of, you know, exceeding our expectations. They're actually living up to what we believe they can do. You know, we've, we've got very, very good players not just in the starting eleven, but in the squad. And we, we believe in all of them um, and know that they're, they're good enough for this level, whether it's the young ones, like you mentioned earlier, Gal Brave, Jordan Brown, you know, even Sol Brin, you know. But they're all good enough for the level. We know what they can do. So it's not live, uh, exceeding expectations. They're just living up to what we know they can do. Um, with Super, with Super Cooper being pivotal, are we looking at extending his stay beyond January? There's a couple of low knees that we've got as well, so I guess that question might be a slightly broader one as well. Yeah, I think I think with all the low knees, you know, it's 
we, we initially bring him in and we hope with that we keep him for the for the whole season. You know, Brandon's come in, he's been he's been very good as of a lot of them, you know, like the loans and and the players. But we knew we knew all about his qualities. We like I said to you earlier, we've done our work, we've done our due diligence on him. Um we knew he'd complement the team and he'd bring something that, you know, they've all got their own qualities. Brandon's got qualities that others haven't got and others have got qualities that he hasn't got, you know, so it, the blend really works well together. And, you know, we, we when we bring them in, like I say, we want we want them for the whole season. A lot of that's dependent on the, the parent club as well come January, if there's a break clause in it. Um, so we're just governed by that. But, you know, for now, let's just, let's just, Keep doing, keep him in our team, keep him playing well, uh, and let's worry about all the other stuff when we have to worry about it, if we have to worry about it. Chris DT Triple One says, on a footballing note, if you could change one thing at Leighton Orient, what would it be? Uh, what on the field? Yeah, yeah, on a footballing note, yeah. I said. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I, I just think to score more goals. I think if we can score more goals, kill teams off. You know, be be clean, and I'm not just talking about the forwards. That's that's all of us. You know, whether that's set plays, but we go a goal up if we can get that second one, that third one, and just be be clinical. Um, that would be be the, the one thing really. We're getting in really good positions. You know, we get we make a lot of chances. It's just now that final little bit that if we can really get that going as well, then you know, I think the goals will definitely come and the results will be be there as well. A couple of last questions here for you, Paul. Len Chin Chin one said, do the yellow cards for staff and managers accumulate like they do for players? Yeah, they do. There's a bit of a grey area though. I think, I think it's four or five, it might be four, maybe five yellow cards and then you would have to miss a game from the touchline. Right. Obviously, if you get to like the red card, then it's a, Two yellows is a, is a one game ban, and like obviously because we appealed the gaffers, he end up getting two, so he get an extra game. But they do accumulate, but I don't know what number it goes to. Um, again, it's a grey area, something that the EFL really probably needs to highlight more and, and make sure we everyone knows the rules. But that doesn't seem to happen. So that was it for our listener questions, Paul. I guess our last question for you, not so much a question, but just. I guess to final, uh, finalise the interview, what's your message to those fans listening tonight? So we're 13th for League One. I think we've all been impressed with the performances and the signings we've seen this season. But what's your message as to any Orient fan listening to this podcast? I, I think it's the same. I don't want to sound like a ref broken record, you know what I mean? But stick with us, you know. States, you can see that it's there on the pitch, you know what I mean? But like I said, there will, there will be times when there's ups, there'll be downs, you know. Um, but we need you to stay with us. I think it shows by the attendances we're getting at home and the fans we're taking away. You know, they've been superb again this season. Um, and especially, I've got to say, a special mention to whoever's bringing that drum in now because that is the best thing that we've had. Um, away games, it's been noticeable, Peterborough, um, especially when I first noticed it, Carlisle away. And then it, for the first time it, at home Saturday, that makes a big difference um, for the noise level. So just stick with us. Um, keep pushing us on. Keep driving us. Stay behind the players. You know, they, they are. They're giving everything they've got. And sometimes we just need 
that little bit of help from the fans as well. So, like I say, we've had it so far. Let's just make sure we maintain that from fans, players, staff, everyone. Let's, let's all go in the right direction and in the same direction. Brilliant. Thank you, Paul. Really appreciate that. That's really great to hear and, and always appreciate your honesty and transparency with us. And, you know, I think we're very lucky at our club to have right from the top, the board of directors, the owners, yourself and Richie uh, on the staff and, and, and Matt Howell that's been on before as well to have the honest and frankness. And, uh, you know, we, we do, as fans, really appreciate the insight that you're able to give us. We're probably quite spoiled. We speak to podcasters at other clubs that don't get the level of engagement um, that, that we get. So, yeah. Uh, really grateful to you. I got one more thing, Paul. We've asked this to Richie Wellens and we yeah. asked it to Paul Smith, and it's a bit of a trend now that we do. Oh. Going to ask you your dream menu, right? So you get a dream menu of any oh, starter, any main, and any dessert. Now Richie Wellens and Paul Smith, I believe, if I remember rightly, had the same main course steak. Yeah. So what's what, what, what? Yeah, but the gaffer, the gaffer would have had his steak well done, which Matt Harold goes mad at him for. <laughs> you can't, you can't eat a steak well done. You won't get the flavours and everything. So. <laughs> So, what, what so about yeah, you? Matt goes mad at him. What so about what, you, Paul, you want one of each, or yeah, what would you? What would your dream starter be? Well, uh, I quite like burrata to start. Burrata and tomatoes um, as a starter. That would be my dream. Um, for a main, I'm quite simple, really. I would like a nice fish or or maybe a steak as well. I'm not too fussy, really. I'm quite simple. Keep it straightforward and then for dessert sticky toffee pudding Ooh. and ice cream oh good shout nicely done that's a good shout Fun. yeah that's a nice menu All probably a few chips on the side as well somewhere <laughs> you don't need to watch what you eat because you're not playing I do Matt's on us every day so oh. we're trying to uh, we're trying to keep as slim as him but it's hard <laughs> Yeah, he's quite slim, isn't he? Um, well, that is that is genuinely it, Paul. Thanks very much, mate. We'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your, your Sunday night. Yeah. All the best for Northampton on Tuesday. Another tricky test. Um, so we wish yeah. you every success. And also, Burton, that, that, you know, there's no easy there's no easy game in this league. So, yeah, all, all the best to you. And thanks for your time. No, cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you. All the best, Pleasure. Paul. Cheers, pal. Bye now. Take care. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. So that was O's assistant manager, Paul Terry. Always great on this podcast. Second time he's been on, I think he speaks really Amazing. well. And you can see why he works so well alongside Richie Wenners and Matt Harold, I think. So thanks to Paul, thanks to the club for sorting that out. Always a pleasure to bring you these interviews um, with club staff and club players. So supporters club updates in two trips to tell you about. First up, we are going to Northampton Town on Tuesday, the 24th of October. If you want to go via the supporters club, they leave the club coaches at 3pm. Cost adults £28. £25 for concessions and kids aged 15 or under can travel for £14. And then that's followed up on Saturday, the 28th of October, as we travel to Burton Albion. 3pm kick off this one, so coaches depart at 9am. Cost this one £33 for adults, £30 for concessions and kids 15 or under for £17. Please remember these prices do not include your match day ticket. Normally you can go in the sports club pre or post match to book. Obviously there's no home games now before these games. So if you want to book for any of these trips, you're going to have to call the travel line on 07507 539 And I'll say well done to the sports club for all their great work so far this season. Amen to that. So let's move on then to the last seven days, as it were, at Leighton Orient Football Club. Happy Monday, 16th of October. 
as we mentioned earlier in our Paul Terry interview. The EFL finally announced that our home game against Lincoln uh, that was abandoned in the 83rd minute will have to be replayed in full. The EFL said, having considered all relevant factors relating to the decision taken by the match officials and club stadium staff on the night, alongside the options available to them, in accordance with the regulations, the board felt the most reasonable course of action was to reschedule the fixture in full. My heart sank a little bit when yeah, I saw great. that. Like, obviously, being there on the actual night was really difficult um, for everyone. And I don't even know if I want to go to the next... I've got to be honest, I don't think I'm even going to go to the Lincoln City replay. I know it's a completely different game, but I think it's just going to be too difficult mm. for it. So I know Mark Devlin has tweeted, someone asked him about a provisional date, and I think he said Tuesday the 21st of November. It's provisionally the oh, date being early. looked at, but yeah. we haven't... It's not confirmed yet, but that is provisionally what they're looking at. But as it stands, a Tuesday night in the cold... That game was only, what, three weeks ago? It feels very soon to be replaying that. I think... I can only speak for what I feel personally. I don't think I, w- I would go to that game mm. just because it's, it's too raw. And, I, and obviously in the South, we weren't that near to it, but it feels too raw for me. I'm disappointed by the EFL's decision. I know they had a tough decision to make. And I know we can say they should use their common sense, but you've got one club saying, we don't want to replay it. But that club is obviously the team who were winning the football match. If you're looking at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the team who were losing that football match go, actually, full replay. we want a full replay on it. So... It, you know, I don't think they've made the right choice, but they've been put in a really awkward position to do so. But I felt, yeah, my heart just sank when I saw that. Yeah, I, I agree. They were always, I think, you know, they're always going to make that that decision. I don't like you. I don't think it's the right one. And uh, but, but you know, what can you do? A couple of good suggestions that I saw on social media about playing the final ten minutes or so at the end of the game at Lincoln, so the players go off and then come back on a few minutes later. So it's like a fresh start. The, the problem now is that. They don't have the same manager now. Well, that's what because um, they sacked their manager, um, who's now gone. Obviously, they can't play it beyond January because of the transfer window. They get new players in. It's not that original. Well, if they have players out that can now come back, it's just not the same. Well, that's what Wellens alluded to in his post-match to Barnsley. He was like, "We couldn't play Ethan Galbraith because he's suspended. Ethan Galbraith is now available for intense purposes Lincoln game. Yeah, new management, new set of players, new format. Like it's a completely it's a." Standard game. game now. Yeah. You know, I think if the game, if, it, if that game was one all, I think they can go. Actually, let's just call it a draw. Call it a draw, and then we're sitting here going, everyone, both teams have got a point as the match was being played out. To that effect, yeah. everyone's happy. But obviously, I think Lincoln were always like Lincoln played that very well. They said nothing publicly, privately to the EFL. They're saying, yeah, of course we want to play yeah. that. Um, there is an, another precedent where the Sweden game last week, uh, due to the atrocities that happened there in Belgium, they said actually. Because there was, and I guess it's different, different because there were, one of them couldn't qualify, one of them had already qualified. The result would have mattered, made no difference on the standings in the league. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. The integrity yeah. part relates to the fact that you know Lincoln are one one place above us now, um, so it, it could make a huge difference come the end of the season. So yeah, not not great in my view, but. Is what it is. It absolutely is. Who a Tuesday, 17th of October. Always a happy day at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers as we wish happy birthday to two O's legends and podcasting <laughs> legends as well as we've interviewed them both in mm. great episodes. So happy First birthday one. to Matt Lockwood and super Kevin Lisby. Happy birthday, gents. Yeah, his boys, if anyone uh, wants to see uh, how well his boys are doing, they got knocked back from quite a few academies and then one's with Brentford and one's at Cray Valley Paper Mill and they've just been drawn against Charlton in the first round proper of the FA Cup so 
Uh, they're making quite a big deal about that. So the, the Lisby twins are doing very well, which I'm very pleased to see. Uh, and Kev's a very proud dad there. So let's move on then to Wednesday, the 18th of October. Happy 21st birthday to Oslone. Ed Turns. Nice one, Ed. Thursday the 19th of October. The club announced that the O's would be in their white away kit uh, for the forthcoming match on Saturday against Barnsley. As Barnsley's chain strip wasn't av- available due to a recent fire. So instead, they'd be in their black shirt. So yeah, their coach caught fire on the way home from a match the other week. Last week, week before. So obviously all their kits have gone up. And I heard they've had kit kit trouble from some fans that were tweeting uh, crazy some fans so yeah but also it helped and I saw that with visually impaired people that one team in black and one in white made it a much easier game to uh, uh, easier way to identify I don't know why that doesn't happen more often come on you whites yeah absolutely Friday the 20th of October the club confirmed that young O Zach Oviero had joined Chelmsford City on an initial one month loan deal we wish him Every success at Chelmsford City. All the best there to Zach. Look yeah. forward to how he gets on. So let's move on into Saturday, the 21st of October. The club in the morning confirmed that the FA Cup first round clash against Carlisle United will take place at 3pm on Saturday, the 4th of November at Brisbane Road. So a date for your calendars there, if it's not in there already. Absolutely. Prices are out for that because they're not part of your season cards either. No youth team match that we saw yesterday, so let's move on to the Jamie McCart derby. <laughs> Barnsley at home, as it is for everybody else. Before the game, as always, we run a Twitter poll to find out how you think we're going to get on in this. We had 339 votes for this, 22% of which thought we'd lose, 33% thought we'd draw, and a whopping 45% thought that we would win. So thanks to everyone who took a moment to cast their vote. Fairly confident um, vote there from the O's fans. Like it. Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking 78% don't think we're going to lose. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't vote in our own Twitter polls because no, do I don't I. want to curse them. But, yeah, always interesting to see the way the results of that work out. So the team was announced at 2 o'clock with Bryn in goal with Hunt, Cooper, Happy and Brown. Elma Zuni, Galbraith, Graham. Archibald, Piggott and Satuyu making up the 11 and on the bench we had Howes, James, Sweeney turns, Moncler, Ford and Aaron Dryden. Yeah, that's right. That starting, that starting lineup. sorry, saw Richie make one change as Jordan Graham came in for Ed Turns who took his place on the bench with former Orient Loney, Jamie McCart. He started for Barnsley and for me, Obviously, surprised that Ed Turns um, isn't starting. Hope he's not picked up a knock, but obviously he made the bench, so he can't be that bad. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game, regardless. You know, Barnsley were doing very well. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought it would be the same eleven going in uh, to the Barnsley game, but like you thought, Turns must be carrying a lot. We're going to play Richie's interview um, after, where he kind of gives a bit of an uh, explanation about Turns. I thought the same around Beckles and Prattley, but again, turns out they've got carrying injuries. As well, just shows you how kind of strong the squad is for places. And imagine when you get a fully fit squad, how difficult it's going to be for Richie. Lovely headache to have. Your question was right. How's he managing? Yeah. That I'm getting in. Sounds very like it sounds like he's managing it very well. It seems that way. Absolutely. Alpha two underscore o underscore mega said a strong attack minded side. Yeah, obviously with Graham in there as well. It did seem like Starting, that when it was announced. Yeah. Port Red Rum tweeted us and said, so we've gone to a flat back four. Seems a bit strange when five at the back has been working and Galbraith seems wasted at right back. This was before we lined up. But I trust Richie and should release Archibald further forward unless he is at left back. 
Uh, Len Chin Chin Wan said, a home match with Barnsley, third in the table, indicates they are a good side and will be difficult opponents. Can hope we play a coordinated attack line and a solid defence. Supporters will play a big part. Clinical game would be so important. Team selection looks promising. Three points, please. So there was a minute silence for Israel and Palestine as the match kicked off and a sunny E10 as the O's had the hard task against them against a very strong Barnsley team who was sitting in third place and they won and were unbeaten at this point away. I think when I watched the highlights, they'd won their last five away league matches and kept four clean sheets in those. So it weren't going to be any mugs as it was also Orient International fixture day. So lots of uh, great content coming out from the club there. It's amazing how far and wide the um, Orient fan base goes. Absolutely, absolutely. With Tommy Mann over as well from New Zealand, it makes, uh, makes it even more. Yeah, absolutely. Fast forward to the ninth minute though through this game. It's a nice passing and good movement from the O. Saw a cross come into the box from Theo Archibald on our left. Joe Piggott got ahead of his man and his looping header went just wide. Good opportunity, that. Good work of the ball to spread it from right to left and a lovely cross from Theo good header from Piggott there yeah. keeper had it covered but I thought that was a decent header he'd done well to get ahead of his man now I think Piggott uh, 15th minute in Sol Brin made a decent save following a Barnsley corner I think when we were in the ground that like a superb save watching it back on the highlights I thought it was a bit of a basic save but comes out corner came in I think it's fair to say he flapped a bit yeah. at the corner should have done better for the initial corner Cadden put the ball back in there Brin made a decent recovering save it looked great on in the stands. I think watching it back, you're like he'd be disappointed had he not made that save. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he he's either got to catch the ball or he's just got to punch it away. Yeah. Um, Twenty five minutes on the clock. Jordan Brown had his pocket picked by Cole. However, Rob Hunt made a superb tackle in the Barnsley attack. Ball came out eventually to Joe Piggott, who prodded the ball to Idris El Mazzuni, who was away on the counter attack. He drove forward. This is in the highlights. You'll see passing to Ruel. He kept running, got inside the box, got his shot off. That was blocked uh, by Jamie McCart, but the referee judged that had Jamie McCart had blocked with his arm and we were awarded a penalty. Now, I think we are united in our thought process here because I've watched that back at least six times just today. What do you think? At the time, I was just happy to get a corner. <laughs> I, originally, when the tune was up, I thought he'd awarded a corner. I was yeah. like, decent. And then, obviously, when it became clear that he'd awarded a penalty... Yeah, you went to me. What, we got a penalty? Yeah, I couldn't believe yeah. it. I've, I've, it's, rare, it's rare you get them given. I mean, obviously, we don't have the benefit of all 500 different camera angles and VAR going. Uh, but I'm surprised that one got given. I think McCart's body is in a natural position... And I can't. I still can't see from the angle it's at where it actually hits his hand or not. But look, I'm an Orient fan. I'm never going to moment on it get a penalty. Right. It, will, it will even itself out during the season. There'll, really there'll, there'll be more blatant penalties we don't get, and there'll be penalties like that that go against us in our own box. So that's already been happening though, because there are times where we should have had penalties and haven't. Yeah. Uh, and then we get this one. So it's a bit of a balancing out, I think, of luck. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, do agree with you. With George Moncur not in the team, upstep Joe Piggott. So. Decent, he stepped up, looked confident, and buried, I've got to say, he did bury the penalty really confidently. Great One take corner. on it, bottom yeah. left-hand corner, pass Killip. 1-0 to the mighty, he was beautifully struck, and that penalty, uh, yeah. view from behind the south stand, right in front of us, is available on all our social media channels, if you want the Orient Outlook podcast, if you're on that one, beautifully yeah. struck. Really good. The keeper did guess the right way, in his split second late, so, you know, he was uh, slightly fortunate in some regards that Killip didn't go a second second quicker because other, other he was, he's a tall old keeper Killip and it just shows you how well that ball was placed yeah. if it was an like inch more towards Killip Killip's getting that so very well placed penalty there from yeah Killip. agree lots of passing and possession football from the O's but we'll skip past that part of the half 
as four minutes of time were added on in the second minute. A good counter-attack and a good delivery into the box from Joe Piggott found Theo Archibald, but O'Keefe did well to put Theo off his shot. I thought a bit of composure there from Theo. He volleys that first time rather than take the touch. Uh, that's right. I can remember that. Yeah, I remember and that. And yeah. I think there's possibly at least working Killip, but yeah, I think O'Keefe did, did enough there to put him off. I think you're right there. Two minutes later, the half-time whistle win, and the first half was brought to a close with the O's 1-0 up. Uh, 8,642 was the ginormous attendance announced yet, uh, at this game. 1,248 fans travelled down from South Yorkshire. So, decent, strong effort from them as well. Yeah, as you'd expect. So, yeah. there were no changes at half-time for the O's. And Barnsley got the second half underway and almost equalised early on. There's a long ball down uh, the right from them, our left, caught out the O's defence. Ball was cut back to the oncoming Benson who shot wide from close range. That was a good chance of a warning sign. Agreed. Very early warning sign. In the Absolutely. Half. They'd obviously been given a rocket at half-time. So, Orient piled the pressure on in the 53rd minute. Theo Archibald was dangerous down our left. Got a couple of good crosses in, but Barnsley defended them well. A minute later, though, Killip had to make a diving save to push Ethan Galbraith's 20-yard rocket strikeout for a corner after more decent build-up play from the O's. That was a nice effort there from Galbraith. Yeah. I think Killip had it covered, but it was decent pace on it, but you'd expect Killip to make the save there. A bit save too close the cameras. to him. Yeah. Good save there, but again, lovely build-up play in the way that chance comes about. So let's skip forward into the 66th minute and the first Orient change as Aaron Drynan came on. He replaced Joe Pickett. 67 minutes. A minute later, Barzi equalised for a counter-attack as they worked out the ball, the ball out to, the, to Cole on the left. He found Herbie Kane on the edge of the box and his shot went in off the underside of the crossbar, giving Solbrin no chance to make it 1-1. One, one. Now, we haven't gone into huge, massive amounts of detail about that, but that is a good goal for them. That's a move that started from defending our pressure yeah. initially. So they've countered, they've done to us what we did to them in the first half. Their man had all the time and all the space down our right-hand side to pick out his teammate, uh, who he then who he found uh, sort of more in the centre of the pitch, waiting for the ball. Uh, without any pressure, you know, they were able to play around us and through us and and, and through the uh, through the gears. And Kane's strike was was superb. I think we could have done better to stop that at points. We could have done better to put the pressure on. But it was at a point now where we'd taken our foot off the gas a bit. I felt. Um, but yeah, look, take nothing away. It was a good goal. No, no fault of Solbrin. Yeah, it was a good goal. I guess you can argue we don't get out to Kane quick enough, and we don't stop the counter attack quicker enough but I think that's the quality that you face sometimes like Barnsley weren't really in the game much until then I think it's fair to say they were coming back into it but I wasn't sitting there thinking they're going to score any minute sooner it wasn't, no. I wasn't kind of you know dreading them coming forward every time yeah. it shows you the clinicalness and again I think we spoke about it and Paul spoke about it and kind of in the difference between League 1 and League 2 yeah. that chance comes to a League 2 midfielder 9 times out of 10 they're probably skying so, it over the bar whatever yeah. again when you're playing against good good League 1 opposition 9 times out of 10 they're burying that past the keeper. I mean, no chance for Bryn. Good finish. But it's not like they worked Solbrin. Like, Solbrin's no. had very little to, no, he's little not. to do. No, ben Killip's only had a fraction more than that, so it was a bit of a quiet game for both keepers. Yeah, absolutely. Almost got worse for Yos a few minutes later in the 70th minute as Barnsley almost scored again. As it was Kane again as he took a shot that took a wicked deflection after a pullback from McAtee. Ball hit Jordan Graham. He was on the floor. Bryn was kind of stranded in no man's land. And thankfully... The ball rolled just wide of the far post. They, if you look at the highlights, they keep playing the same ball over the top 
uh, in between, I think it was Co- Hunt and Happy. Mm-hmm. They'd obviously scouted that and gone, we think there's an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, same ball, again, lucky to get away with that one. Yeah, they seem to be exploiting that space down our left-hand side, so they've clearly seen something. Mm-hmm. You're right, I, 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 I do agree with you. I think we had a play- player or two on the line recovering there, so I don't think that would have gone in. I think we'd have probably just mm-hmm. been able to clear that out. But nonetheless, it's still an opportunity. Uh, 87 minutes on the clock, then Richie made a double substitution as Ruel Saturio made way for Shaq Ford and Ethan Galbraith made way for George Monker. 89th minute, Sam Crossgrove was booked for the visitors as he reacted very uh, badly for his foul on Brandon Cooper. Not sure that was a, a booking, to be honest. They've both gone up for the ball, Brandon's gone down. Maybe it's maybe he. Oh, he got book, he got booked for his reaction. He got booked for basically telling a referee to go and do one. But yeah, yeah, no, I don't dispute that. But I don't think it was a foul in the first place. Again. That he's awarded it for, but that's not our problem. Um, six minutes of time were added on in the first minute. The aforementioned Cosgrove picked up a second yellow for needlessly following through on Dan Happy after a free kick had been awarded to us and he was sent for an early shower. Ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. Idiot. From him. Idiot, but I'm glad he plays for Barnsley. Not Correct. Imagine, not for imagine one of our players doing that would be livid on this podcast. 100%. Be livid. Would have told Paul Terry as well. <laughs> 94 minutes. So the O's had about four minutes to try and take advantage of having the man out extra. We've been close in the 94th minute as Shackford's header was saved by Killett. Again, Jordan Graham putting in some superb crosses into the yeah. box. The man, that man can deliver a cross. He can literally make space out of nothing and get, get something in. No further talking points. Uh, as the referee blew the final whistle, the points were to be shared uh, between both sides. On what was, I think, no arguments here. It was an entertaining game. I think both sides acquitted themselves very well and the match finished 1-1. It certainly did. As always, we're very happy to get Dave Victor's interviews after the match with Richie Williams. We're only going to play a part of it. So here's what Richie had to say to Dave post-match. Richie, thanks for joining us. You came so close to ending Barnsley's unbeaten run on the road. Yeah, I thought it was a, a really good performance. I thought it was a good game, two good teams. <clears throat> um, I think that both teams found it difficult to get the ball back off each other, unless it was a mistake. Um, you know, the goal's disappointed, it's a worldy strike, but we know that their eggs cheat, so when we're attacking, we know that they're, they're slow to recover and, and it can be a threat if the ball turns over and He's turned over to him. There's been a little ricochet in the middle of the pitch, but then it's, you know, it's a great reverse pass into him. Good touch, nice step back, and then it's a, it's a great finish. So I think all in all, I think we deserve the three points. I think you all have to look at the, the feel at the end of the game. They're delighted with a point, and we're and we're gutted with a point. So shows how, how far we've come. I think they're a good team. They'll be right in and amongst it, but tactically, um, athletic wise, quality wise, I thought we was definitely I thought we was better than that times. The Barnsley manager, Neil Collins, is very disappointed with the penalty decision. How did you see it? I've not seen it back. Um, I thought it was harsh at the time, but I've not seen it back. So we've, Usually that was a bit of a shock when he thought he was good defending and he went for a, for a goal kick. Um, so maybe it was a bit harsh. I've not seen it back, so I, I won't comment. But we've probably due one. We've had probably six penalties, blatant penalties this year, and we've not had one. So it's says law that you get one that you probably don't deserve. But... Um, you know, I think we was knocking on the door. There was a lot of opportunities. I thought first half was excellent. They come out first ten minutes of the second half and was very, very good. But I think after that, we, 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 was, we was dominant. The amount of crosses, the amount of penalty box entries that we got. Um, we just have to move with the ball better. We have to shift better. 
and we have to get on the end of ricochets. We can't always get the first contact in when, when crosses are coming in, but it's important that you check and you react and you counter runs so then you can get the second phase of play. There's too many balls bouncing in the box. And if we if we want to escalate ourselves and get to the top end of this division, then we need to score more goals. So that was uh, Richie Williams there talking to David. Uh, the full interview is available on the club's website and YouTube channel. So that point sees us drop down a few places, down to 13th in League One. We've now played 13, won five, drawn three, lost five. So it's pretty much even Stevens, really. Mm-hmm. Goal difference of minus four and 18 points. So, Beard Lejande, your views on yesterday's Barnsley's game? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that we'd have all taken a point before kick-off. Um, I think three was probably um, not a reach, having watched the game and how that all unfolded. I thought we were dominant and commanding for large spells, particularly in the first half. And for a few spells in the in the second, although as I said earlier, I do think we took our foot off the gas a bit that allowed them the upper hand. Maybe we were tweaked or changed. Maybe the substitute, maybe taking Piggott off, maybe that had been um, something that uh, that altered how we wanted to play, and therefore it allowed them to get the ascendancy. I thought we took um, uh, they got in behind Hunt too often, um, and that's obviously how their goal came about. As we mentioned earlier, I thought the penalty was good luck for us. Still don't think it was a penalty, but again, not going to turn that down. Look, we've gone toe-to-toe with the top League One side. They were in the Championship last season. We've gone toe-to-toe with them. And I'm coming away feeling that we're the better side. Uh, no question or a doubt. And I don't think you'd laugh at me for saying that, although you know, once upon a time, you may well have done. Um, lots of good performances throughout the team. Special mention for Ethan Galbraith. I thought some of his touches were absolutely sublime. Um, Connor, uh, sorry, uh, Brandon Cooper and Dan Happy. I thought they were solid in defence. Sol Brim made a couple of good saves, but largely untroubled. And I think we're seeing more from Joe Pigger. I think he come under a lot of criticism at the start of the season for certainly the first sort of six or seven games where you know, like Paul said, that he joined later. He was getting up to speed and he wasn't at that level that we needed him to be at. Um, he was kind of thrown in in the deep. I thought it was one of his best games, and I, I continue to see greatness from from Rob Hunt as well. You know that tackle that he made to to create our counter attack was was superb. His reading of the game at times is 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 fantastic. But like Paul said earlier, like we do need to be more clinical in in both boxes. We need to be a little bit more final um, finessed with our final passes or shots. And you know we got into some really good positions. You've got Jordan Graham and Theo Archibald putting in some really dangerous crosses uh, and we're not making them count um, and we've just got to do that uh, moving forwards. But look, overall, we're sitting here now, as you've just said, um, 13th in League in League One after um, 13 games. You know, we're averaging 1.5, just under 1.5 points a game, which would see us on sort of 65, 70 points come the end of the season. So overall, I'm... Yeah, very pleased. Yeah, for you. Good. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a really good performance actually, especially first half, and it was a quite. It was an entertaining game. I think if you're a neutral fan there and you win, one of these teams is in third and one of these teams is mid-table, you wouldn't be able to tell who was who. I yeah. think, which is probably the, kind of the biggest compliment you can give Orient. I think just need that final pass. Not so much the striker scoring because I don't think they're getting the actual chance. It's just that final pass when they're in that position and you're like, right, make this pass count and we're in on goal. We just don't seem to be getting that quite right. I mean, if you get that right, I think we'll have quite a team. But look, Piggott only really had two chances. The first one was the looping header, which I thought he'd done well enough to get to. And the second was his penalty that I thought he took well. And like you said, he's playing a bit more of a different role. And I think Satiri played a slightly different role as well. Like, it's just yesterday where you would imagine him 
a previous to you with a shot where he carried it forward a bit more and seemed to be thinking a bit more about it, which is good. I think the defence looks strong. Obviously, we're going to get a lot of tweets raving about Cooper, um, as you'd expect, and Hunt's going to get a, a, a lot of tweets raving about him. Thought it looked good there. That midfield of Brown, Idris and Galbraith looks really strong. And when you think you've got Prattley, Sanders, who can't get a sniff at the moment, when you have those two available, it's going to be real good competition yeah. for places there. Bryn was a bit flappy, I thought, the crosses. If I'm being really critical, there's a few crosses that Bryn, I think, maybe could have done better. But other than that, looks fine. Very self-assured at points. Um, but like we said, it's got to be clinical in both boxes, right? That one time we weren't clinical at the back, we got punished for, even though it was a great goal. But look, really happy with that. I've got to say also, I thought the atmosphere in the South Stand was great yesterday, which is great to see, whether that's the drum or not, or whether it's the quality of the opposition coming and the I guess the higher profile club like Barnsley, who have been Premier League in the last, what, 15, 10 years and being a bit of a large club, whatever that was driving that atmosphere is fantastic in the South Stand. So all round, really happy. Very good to hear that. So those were our views. We had a huge amount of feedback that came into our social media accounts. So thanks to everyone who took the time to message us. We'll try. We'll read out as many as we can without duplicating message. And just because we're reading them, it doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with them. And Len M4 this week kicks us off. He says, shame not to win that after taking the lead, but showed yet again we are more than a match for the top teams in the division. Would agree with that, Len? Tim uh, OFFI94 said the Joe Piggott sub for Giant was baffling in the extreme. A worldie denies us all three points though. Can't get too down about that on the whole. It feels like we should be putting that game to bed. Barnsley though are a good side to be fair. Yeah, Dan Alton 2590 said sign of how far we've come but we'll be very disappointed not to win that and it's the same old story again in the second half. So many fantastic attacking options we found ourselves in and the final pass or shot is always wrong. You'll pay for that against better Sides. I think that's a fair comment as well. Like to your point earlier, we're, we're making that extra pass rather than taking the shot, or we're taking an extra step across goal to maybe be more central to then choose a corner. Just just fire, just shoot. I mean, that'll come. I think like, when you look at, I guess, the players we've got up top, apart from Piggott, I think he's 29, and Graham, who I think is mid to late 20s, there are a bunch of youngsters really. Theo is early 20s, Ruel is still early 20s, Galbraith is 22, Idris is early 20s. And Brown is early 20s as well. So yeah. that will come with experience, I'm hoping. Painting, uh, sorry, Mr. Underscore T, 82. So another terrific game. Probably deserved to win that. And their goal was cracking, but should have killed it off earlier. Wasn't one of not taking our chances today, but not turning dangerous situations and good play into decent chances. That's a, that's a, I think he summed up very well, actually. Yeah, Painting Orient said, some excellent press in the first half against one of the better sides in the division. Barnsley, clearly grateful for the point. Cooper has to be one of the first names on the team sheet with yet another really strong performance. Great tweet there. Miss Vigaroo said, Barnsley came down to be tennis favourites. A point, even at home, I suppose, is fine. But when you see their manager wasting time at the end, you can say it's two points lost. The go one or up, hope for the best tactic, didn't pay off today. And there's a clear firepower problem to assess. RP Bernstein said, thought it was a high quality game between two good sides. Hardly any stoppages and the ball was in play a lot. Shame we couldn't hold on, but happy with the performance and the result. Good point about the ball being in play. I didn't even that didn't even yeah. occur to me. But yeah, good point. Well made. John W nine 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 said a mark of progress that it feels like two points have been dropped. Just lacking a clinical edge in a final third, so we're not scoring the number of goals we could. Don't think their keeper had more than one tricky save to make for all of our great approach play. 
Always, though, at the risk of a worldie. James Eastwood, 83, said a great advertisement for League One football. We gave them all the space and time they needed to score their goal, which I doubt would have come otherwise. Hunt was class and got JB out of a mess, which then resulted in the penalty for the goal. Great team performance, and onwards we go. Samuel LOFC, 97, so that was a pretty dominant performance. Just need that final pass to get right. Wenning's got his spot on today. Royal Piggott to stop the supply into Russell in possession, as well as overloading the wide areas. Only a world he stopped us beating the league's top scorers. And we are a good team when we get going. I've got to say, a lot of astute and tactical uh, outlookers over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly everyone's a manager. Dave Brew, 47976911, said, First off, what a brilliant game of football. Two really committed teams. It's a shame we didn't nick it, but again, I did have one all and Piggott to score. Well done, Dave. Cooper, easily man of the match, but lots of good performances all round. Well done, boys. Up the O's. I have to say, Brandon Cooper wasn't the first name on my man of the match list. I thought he's, for me, it would have been Ethan Galbraith. I think we both thought Galbraith was in for a chance. Not that Brandon yeah. doesn't deserve it by any stretch of your imagination, but it's just, what was, the point I'm trying to make is it's, it's great how we all see things differently. It certainly is. Lawton Gam said another excellent performance overall. We faced the top League One team in August. We got smashed today, however. Barnsley needed a screamer to take a point. Still not convinced we have quite enough goals in the team, but we're certainly into the division nicely now. Yeah, we certainly are. Parksy1881 said, Dan Adji would have been the difference. Another 20 points by the 1st of Jan, potentially. A couple of new faces in. The dynamism the dynamism, sorry, of Ajayi could spell exceeded... Of a J's could spell exceeded expectations in E10. Sorry, muffled that one. Uh, luxury opinion said, firstly, a really good game. Forty O's looked really decent in passages, playing some really good stuff, keeping Barnsley chances to a minimum. Barnsley's goal, though, was a rare chance and finished beautifully. A pity not to get three points, but no shame against a decent side. Yeah, that's a new Twitter handle for me. So welcome to the show. Rich Den M said, the better team for 70 minutes. Would have taken a point before the match and a point seems like two points dropped now. Theo isn't the same player as the one we had on loan. Cooper and Galbraith, brilliant. Rich, I'd like to know more about what you think about Theo not being the same player. Yeah, so Maybe good. he's just being asked to do a different role. So yeah. maybe sort of not as what you saw from an impact perspective. Yeah, I thought Theo had a good game yesterday. Rich, yeah, give us a DM. That would be an interesting one to discuss. Mark Ross, 6368 said, we really are going the right way. We're so young and full of energy and improving week on week. Cooper has been outstanding since he's come in. And to come in like this, and it could be another special year. Plus, you can't fault Ruel and Piggott for their efforts. Yeah, Dovey Bear said, I have not been Piggott, Piggott's biggest fan, but he was pretty good in the first half. When he ran out of puff at about 60 minutes and then went off, that's when we lost our focal point and our cutting edge seemed to disappear. Good point there, yeah. The untold game says it says a lot that we're a little disappointed with the point. Mm. If it's if that's the yardstick, we don't have much to fear in a division. Ole Miss once again was a cut above, but shout out to Rob Hunt. Definitely worried when he lined up in the middle, but he was a rock. C. Bennett, 1983, said that was a good, enjoyable game and we should be able to be in every game in this league now. I thought Hunt was excellent. He knows his limits going forward, so he just concentrated on excellent defence, much needed. Charlie underscore Paul said Cooper was rightly named man in a match, but how good was Rob Hunt? Absolute class. His best game in an orange shirt. We just need that mm. final bit. Start making the correct decisions in the final third and we are a really good team at this level. We are on the right track. Penultimate word goes to Phil VZ1, who said, what a great game. We Look very comfortable against a good team. The only criticism is that I can't think that I can think of at least three breakaways. Sorry, when we chose to pass rather than shoot. 
Great to see Graham in from the start and another good performance from Galbraith. Bring on Tuesday night. Phil, I saw your tweet about it being your first game of the season due to your ankle surgery. I hope you are feeling good. And the final word this week goes to Derby507. He said, like many other fans around me, I thought, though, that although disappointed, it shows how far we have come since the Portsmouth game. Barnsley will be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. And at times, we ran them ragged. So those were many views that we had come into our social media accounts. Do you agree or disagree with any of them that we've read out? Let us know. You can tweet us. We're at Orient Outlook. Uh, you can email us if you're not on socials. That's absolutely no problem. We're Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. We're on Instagram. We're Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. And you can search for us on Facebook, Orient Outlook podcast. You certainly can. So our prediction league update yesterday, lots and lots of correct predictions. We had a whole ton of people who correctly predicted one or so. We're not going to name you all individually, but well done to you for getting three points. But we did have quite a few who got the maximum four points, which was one all and pick it to score. So well done to the aforementioned Dave Brufor, seven. 976911 who tweeted us a couple of times after the updated league table Dan William H Ryan JD52 Derby507 Steve Chaplin4 Essex Biz mm. Big TV47 and Eastside Orient all taking a maximum Amazing. four points yeah so that means the top of the prediction league stands as follows Iceberso sits pretty on top with 16 points Behind uh, Iceverso is Charlie underscore Paul and Dave Brew 4797691 on 13 points and Eastside Orient is two behind them on 11. So thanks to everyone for your predictions, which is incidentally available for sponsorship. It is, and the whole table, which is becoming very close now, very cluttered, which is always good because it means there's a lot of points being gifted to different players, is available on our Facebook page. So go check out the Orient Podcast Facebook page to see where you are in the table so that leads us nicely on to today Sunday the 22nd of October and the ladies were in FA Cup action in the third qualifying round playing at home to Roxford at Brisbane Road got to say bad start for the O's 1-0 down after 2 minutes fell further behind in the first half went in 3-0 down at half time the visitors scored another 2 goals in the second half before Almedia scored a consolation goal in the 90th minute as the O's were beaten 5-1 as we exited the FA Cup, unlucky to the ladies. Yeah, indeed, unlucky there. So we're just over an hour, one hour and one minute. So let's get this one wrapped up for you. Now, fantasy football update will start. That is back now. Brendan Pitcher is top of our podcast, Fantasy Football League. He's amassed 613 points. He's just ahead of Dominic Beattie in second, who's on 603 points. Steve is now in 335th place out of 374 players so let's move on let's not play uh, on that let's go on to the positives and the negatives alright so two positives one negative this week first positive is the performance against Barnsley for, especially first half we played them out off the park brilliant passing movement press fantastic second positive I think we mentioned it or Euroboy mentioned it in his question to Terry. first time I can remember in ages no Orient player received the yellow card yesterday. Yeah. Unbelievable. Martin, Martin Strong, when was the last time an Orient game <laughs> ended where the no, no players or managers got booked? That would be that would be one for you, please, mate. Um, only one negative that we picked up this week. Still, the injuries, obviously, as we went through with Paul at the top of this show. Um, injuries are obviously a little bit long. Nothing overwhelmingly serious. It looks like players will be back in the next couple of weeks and 
you know, which is going to have an even bigger headache. To yeah, deal with. I mean, Dan Adji will seem like a new signing when he eventually he's January, back. And Adam yeah. Thompson, yeah. But other than that, those players who are missing hopefully be back soon. So, hero of the week this one could have been a lot of uh, yeah. nominees. As you know, we do our uh, hero of the week on Twitter, maximum of four people. So we took this one to social and nominated Theo Archibald, Brandon Cooper, Ethan Galbraith, and Rob Hunt. And the winner with two hundred after two hundred and seventeen. Sorry, 215 votes, with 75% of that vote was Brandon Cooper. So it was the sponsor's player of the match. It was also Rainbow's player of the match. And now it turns out, after 215 votes, that 75% of them thought it was as well. It's amazing. Pretty safe to say Brandon Cooper is smashing life at Leighton Orient at the moment. So next week's fixtures in. Busy week for the O's. Two tough away trips coming up. First up, we are going to Northampton Town on Tuesday, the 24th of October. Northampton Town obviously came up with us mm-hmm. last season. They're currently sitting in 19th in League uh, 1. They lost 2-1 away at Bolton Wanderers on Saturday. Sam Hoskins is still scoring for fun. Need to be careful of him. But other than that, I think I'm quite optimistic going into this one. I like to think so. Well, it's been the last two years when we struck... We lost last year was a disaster at um, Northampton Town. It was that game we lost one nil. We're happy got a really bad injury, bad injury and yeah. then Beckles got himself sent off. That was yeah. the game that changed that changed the course of the January transfer window. If you Correct. remember, I do great memory. So we have not yeah, had the best right. year or two at Northampton. Hopefully we do one there. Us, Hopefully yeah. we do one there. And then we go to Burton Albion. I believe this is the first time we've ever played Burton Albion. Uh, So Burton Albion, uh, away, Saturday the 28th of October. I think this is a new ground to go to. Burton Albion, who started the season off terribly, have had a bit of a renaissance. They've been awesome in the last couple of weeks. They beat Bristol Rovers 4-1 at home on Saturday really comfortably and sit ninth in League One as it stands in their last five They've won four and drawn one. That's going to be really... You look at that on paper and go, well, turn over Burton. You look at it now and go, that's, that's a really yeah, difficult game. Now. Really the last difficult. time we played Burton Albion was the 9th of March, 1907. We won 1-0 at home. I reckon that would be a big, decent away crowd there. Mm-hmm. You know the O's fans love to go to a new ground. If you go yeah. in, let us know Very different how time. you get on. Yeah, we received a... Um, a DM, I don't know if you saw it, from... The uh, guy who runs two pubs. The guy who runs two pubs in Burton. I think he's been quite vocal on social. So uh, if you're looking for a pub to go to, I think we could probably make a, a podcast recommendation for uh, you. It's that's called, what you choose. I've got it right here in front of me. It's The Last Hectic and Beeropolis. They're going to be open at 11am for you. The Last Heretic, heretic sorry, I beg your pardon, is close to the station and Beeropolis is en route from the town centre to the ground. Both pubs have got a good selection of lager, ales and cider. And he said, just a heads up, 99% of all pubs in Burton open at 12, other than the Spoons, or standard. We look ah. forward to welcoming you O's to Burton for your first match against Burton Albion. Um, and this is from a Twitter account called Micro Pub Heretic, H E R E T I C. If you're interested, if you're going to Burton and if you're looking for somewhere cool to go, this sounds like the place for you. Brilliant stuff there. So, before we end this one, just the standard sponsorship reminder. So, for any flowers you need, get in touch with John and his fantastic team at Carol Langley Florists. Give them a call on 0208. 529-4130 get in contact with them on social media if you want to Carol Langley E4 uh, on Twitter Instagram Carol Langley Florist and Carol Langley Florist 
on Facebook. So that is it. Thank you very much for joining us for 333. We took a draw at home to League One side, which just a top League One side, sorry, which goes to show you how far we've come. As many O's fans feel we should and could have taken all three points against Barnsley on Saturday. But it's a big week coming up for us with two very difficult away fixtures for us. We should all feel confident based on our recent performances that we can get a result and hopefully we'll be sat here next week at Orient Outlet Podcast Towers talking about two very good away wins. That would be very, very nice. So the standard call out for everyone, if you're listening on iTunes now, it's getting silly. iTunes reviews haven't moved in ages, sitting <laughs> on 104. I know there's more than 104 listening every week on iTunes. So if you're one of those lazy people who is sitting there enjoying the podcast, not moving those fingers to five stars on <laughs> iTunes, sort yourselves out. We would love an iTunes review. You can do the same on Spotify. And again, well over 104 now on Spotify. Rate the show. Literally, all you have to do is literally click five stars and save, and that is it. Your job is done for us. So please do that. You can also comment on the episodes if you choose to do so on Spotify, which is also fantastic. You can also give us a follow in any of your chosen podcast providers, if they're not Spotify or iTunes. And we are also on all smart speakers. We are on the Fan Hub app. We are on YouTube. Anywhere you want to find us, you'll be able to listen to the podcast. Has never been easier. And if you've got an older relative, a loved one, an orient chum, someone on the supporters club on the way to Northampton or Burton who's twiddling their thumbs, doesn't have a book, doesn't have any mates, doesn't have anyone next to them, get their phone and pass the pod for them. Yeah, absolutely. Just leaves us to say thanks again to Paul Terry yes. for, for joining us again this week. It's always a pleasure to have him on. We're going to be back with episode 334 next week with all the information, views that you could ever need, obviously, and the two matches that we've got coming up. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. Please stay safe. Have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Mm-hmm.